numerous reports tonight of big corporate mergers, very big. So let's begin tonight with a potential get-together of two very familiar names, AT&T and Time Warner. Things are developing very quickly, in fact, so quickly that you could see a deal announced as soon as, well, let's call it shortly. If I was Randall Stevenson, I would do what he's just done. Would an Apple consider it? Would a Google consider it? Does Verizon feel pressure to move? My crystal ball is probably not better than anybody else's, but I think it should be blocked. I think this is a very competitive market. Time Warner deal should go through. We've had a lot of people come on the set. They say 50-50. We've had people say no better than 40. This is a classic vertical merger. A deal we will not approve in my administration. No competitor is being eliminated. Too much concentration of power. It's outrageous in a capitalist economy, Neil. I mean, do we exist by right or we exist by permission? This is a burden that they have not been able to prove in a half a century. I'll tell you what I said. I have never offered to sell CNN. The last time they won one of these vertical merger cases, Richard Nixon was president. Charlie Ergen, John Malone, of course David Faber and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Those were just some of the names and sound bites you heard there. And that last sound bite, of course, was Dan Petricelli. He's part of AT&T's outside counsel. In the historic June 12th, court ruling that we'll get clarity on tomorrow and it has drastic ramifications for not just the media stocks such as Comcast, AT&T, Time Warner, Fox, Disney, CBS, but also the other spreads, the disputed spreads such as Aetna, CBS, and Sprint and T-Mobile. Yes, these aren't apples to apples, but there's no doubt that these spreads are going to be affected by how much power and intervention the government can seem to have in the Trump administration. Welcome to According to Sources for the week of June 10th, a podcast devoted to the subject matter of event-driven trading, M&A, and the merger spreads that surround them. In segment one, I just want to go over the various upside-downside scenarios for the various companies that are involved here. How much movement is actually being implied by the market and how much has already been implied? In segment two, I replay an interview conducted on Sunday with a colleague of mine. He runs a $900 million event-driven and distressed fund. He gives his view on AT&T, Time Warner, and Fox. And finally, in my last segment, I'm going to give you what I'm recommending to trade, what I plan on doing come Monday and come Tuesday. But first, let's just do a quick review of what happened over the weekend in a few names that we had discussed last week. First, Envision Healthcare. This was a name I had discussed buying the June 40 strike puts in. Well, we got some clarity today. KKR alone, not with HCA, has agreed to pay $46 a share for Envision Healthcare. Those puts will no doubt go to zero on Monday. USG. This was a name that we had recommended on the long side, and we got some clarity as well there. Knopf has agreed to pay $44 a share after going into negotiations with USG. Again, this was Warren Buffett's first attempt into some quasi-activism, and it ends his nearly 18-year stint as a holder in USG. In event news, we did get some news on NXPI. Wilbur Ross came on CNBC last week, and he discussed the U.S. had relieved sanctions on ZTE. NXPI shares vaulted to over 123 on this. Dow Jones even reported that a deal was, quote, soon between Qualcomm and NXPI. However, we are still sitting and we are still waiting. The shares trade around 118 a share. Athena Health, Jonathan Bush is out. 
After some pressure from Elliot, the board has agreed to run a strategic process. I think it's very interesting, but I do think that this could take upwards of three to six months to conclude. And lastly, Allergan, we got two pieces of activist news in two different parts. First, David Tepper wrote a letter to Allergan. He expressed his desire for change. Later in the week, Bloomberg reported that Carl Icahn had apparently been accumulating a stake in the name. The stock went from 150 earlier in the week and closed a little bit over 170. Kind of a curious move to me. The stock has been a hedge fund hotel for a long time, and Brett Saunders has already recently done a strategic review, and they've announced that they were going to sell off certain assets. So Athena, NXPI, and Allegan were just three of the names that I found interesting in the news last week. Now on to Time Warner. The ruling is set to come out apparently tomorrow around 4 p.m. So first, I just want to look at what is the market expecting? What are the market pricing in? Time Warner, as we speak, is trading around $96 a share. A completed deal would take the shares to about 103.30 currently based on the AT&T stock price. From everything that I've read and people that I've spoken to, people are using $85 as the low on a loss. Now, AT&T. The options are saying that this is going to be a 5% move. So that would be about $36 on the upside and $33 on the downside. Comcast, a little bit smaller, 4% move, and Disney, even smaller than that. The options are saying it's only going to be a 2.5% move in shares of Disney. Now, I find the Fox, Comcast, Disney trio to be much more tradable and much more interesting, and here's why. There's this prevailing viewpoint that Comcast is going to bid no matter what the outcome is for AT&T, Time Warner. And that's why I think shares of Fox are where they are, almost $41 today. But the question is, how do I value a Comcast bid that seems almost doomed to fail? And I'm not discounting the fact that Comcast doesn't have really smart lawyers and really smart executives. But Rupert Murdoch turned down this deal for a reason. Comcast apparently bid 20% more than Disney, and Fox turned it down. And I believe that's because they believe they have their best shot to merge with Disney. I don't think Fox shareholders are going to want to risk waiting 18 months to most likely get a no vote. If AT&T Time Warner didn't go through, Comcast, who already owns NBC, the odds of that going through with Fox are even slimmer, I think. I think it's possible that you get a very good opportunity to short Fox on a T loss. I think a lot of people are still going to think that Comcast is going to come in, but I truly think that it's a dead on arrival bid and that Disney will ultimately prevail. But what if Disney doesn't prevail? At least that has to be in the thoughts and the minds of Fox A holders. Let's remember Fox A was $26 before this entire process started. Now it's 41. And if the T loses and a Comcast bid is, in my opinion, dead on arrival, then you also have to question whether or not Disney Fox goes through. So even if you put that at 80% and that spread blows out and 80% is generous, why can't this go back to 36? Why can't this even go back to 35? I don't see how either ruling or either outcome is good for Disney either. Because if T wins... Now they're in a bidding war with Comcast. And if T loses, then that dings the chances for Disney. And the market seems to want this deal for Disney. The market seems to like Disney Fox. 
And then my last question that I'm asking myself, does this mean anything for CBS? And I guess CBS Viacom. Because people and the media have been saying that the ultimate goal is for CBS Viacom to be sold as a package once all this court messiness is all said and done. So yeah, a positive ruling I think could be something for CBS. But then the question is, who would the buyer be? The buyer would have to be an alternative buyer, like a Facebook or an Amazon or a Google, something like that. I'd like to segue right now to an interview I conducted on Sunday, June 10th. It was with a colleague of mine who wishes to remain anonymous and agreed to do the interview by phone. He's a portfolio manager at a $900 million event and distress-driven hedge fund. And the first question that I asked him regarding AT&T was a simple one. I said, if AT&T and Time Warner do get a positive ruling, just how quickly can we expect this deal to close? So I believe if T wins, the goal for AT&T is going to be to close this as quickly as possible, right? So you have that June 21st drop dead date in the merger agreement right now. And the risk is disproportionate for AT&T that Time Warner would be the one who would actually try to walk away from this as opposed to AT&T. The real question will come down to, you know, how quickly will the government announce any intention that it has to appeal? And if it does appeal, how quickly will it be able to, you know, get a ruling on a stay pending an appeal? And so my guess would be, you know, let's take scenario one, where on Tuesday afternoon, Judge Leon comes out, rules that, He's approving this merger, that there's no conditions, that there's no other work that needs to be done. I would look for this deal to close potentially as quickly as the end of So the there's week. people that are in the camp that says that if T wins, that Time Warner's going to ask for a recut. How likely do you think? So I think, based on the, you know, based on the feedback I've gotten, and this is obviously difficult because it's a little difficult to get great feedback in a, in a high-profile situation like this, if AT&T wins and the government were to appeal and get a state pending appeal, which would then necessitate pushing that June 21st date, I would say it's definitely more likely than not that Time Warner is going to come back to the table and ask to recut the deal based on the feedback I've gotten. And it's a pretty simple calculus if you're Time Warner, right? You signed a deal that you thought was $107.50. I would very much expect Time Warner to go back to AT&T and say, look, the 5375 of cash needs to be increased to something closer to $60.00 to help bridge that gap between what we thought we were getting and we thought we would get, you know, before the end of 2017 and what we're looking at getting now. So true or false, you know, if T loses, that an Apple, an Amazon, or Google could possibly come in? There's nothing Apple or Amazon could do right now unless and until Time Warner were to terminate the merger agreement. Yeah, but that hasn't stopped Comcast from going after Fox. No, they've, they've made news. They've made, um, they've made noise that they're going to do it, right? But I think... I think at this point it feels like, to me at least, and I think you're seeing this with Comcast and Fox as well, is everybody is a little bit on hold. I feel like this whole industry wants to see this ruling and wants to see what happens here. And then they'll know the, the, you know, the rules of the road and how to go forward. But for, you know, let, let's just play that out, right? So let's say Apple or Amazon or Google were to have jumped into this in the last six months and started making real noise of, Hey, you know what? If you block this deal, you know, we're here. While that might have been interesting to trade off of, while that might have been interesting as far as, you know, the whole sector, you don't want that in the judge's mind. You don't want it in the judge's mind saying, 
oh, okay, well, if I block this merger, there's another guy there, right? Mm. I think for the entire media industry, this is such an important precedent. Uh, will a vertical merger like this continue to be allowed? I don't think anybody wanted to pollute the judge's mind with the idea that there were other options out there for time warning or there were other options out there for you know how this could move forward at the end of the day. I think you wanted a very... Everybody in this industry wants this in one way or another. So how true does this feel that... AT&T, at least in the short term, is assured on both outcomes on June 12th. So that, so my opinion is, is that at there's sort of no good outcome here for AT&T. So if you walk through the scenarios, if AT&T wins on, on, on Tuesday, the orange are going to come running into shit, and there's no appeal by the government, right? So let's say, right. you know, scenario one, AT&T wins, no appeal by the government. So you take a look at the map, the flow of of Time Warner, 734 million shares at the ratio. That's over a billion shares if you had a full R position. You know, it was fully R out. That you had a billion shares of AT&T. The current short interest is a little below 200 million shares. But AT&T always had about 90 million shares sold short, just historically. So really, the most the R's have on right now is about 100 million or 10%. If the R's are looking at, you know, a few days at a spread that, you know, as we sit here today, 7.5%, there's going to be hundreds of millions of shares of AT&T to short. And the borrow is really easy. So AT&T wins, no ARB, or no appeal, excuse me. The R's are going to be all over it, and AT&T is going well. I think that one's pretty much a layup. So then let's go to the case where the government wins. And I think everybody's gut reaction is to say, well, AT&T will pop and will trade higher as the ARBs cover. As we just talked about, at best, there's 100 million shares of ARB shorts here, and I don't think it's even that high. That's assuming the entire incremental increase in the short exposure of AT&T since prior to the announcement to now has been ARBs, whereas some of that has probably been guys shorting AT&T on a fundamental basis. AT&T hasn't been doing very well. While the initial gut reaction, you know, moments after the ruling might be higher because ARBs will move faster, I think people need to actually sit back and think about what AT&T is. AT&T, without Time Warner, is basically in two incredibly challenged business lines. Another question that people are asking, and I've been asking myself, is, so Fox right now is trading about $40. It's getting $28.54 from Disney if the deal terms close today, and people think about $10 for new Fox, so we're saying $38.54, I guess, and the stock's trading $40. If... T wins, do you think Fox A is essentially unshortable because Disney and Comcast will just duke it out and almost pay anything? I think that's right at the end of the day. I think, I think if Fox, if, if, if AT&T wins and it's relatively clean, and by, what that, by that what I mean is there's no forced divestitures. If it's just ongoing compliance for how you run your business, I think Fox is basically unshortable because with those two companies going after the assets, you know, I think you're just sort of playing with fire at the end of the day. I've been looking at Disney lately and just thinking, you know, Disney's at 104, and if T wins and Comcast is going to bid, that stock's kind of unbuyable because now either they're going to have to increase the stock component or they're going to have to deploy cash, and neither one of those scenarios are good for Disney. Disney's going to either end up in a bidding war, as you 
Okay, last question. In terms of deal spreads, it's silly that one ruling should affect others, but we know how the market is. It's going to happen anyway. So in the event that T loses, how do you expect the spread between Disney and Fox to widen? Little, a lot, or nothing at all? Oh, I think, I think if, T, if, if the government wins, if this is just a slammed-up win for the government, if this deal is denied, uh, I would expect a real widening of that spread uh, in, in, between Disney and Fox. I mean, people will look at this and say, okay, if that deal is off, you know, they're going to put it together and say, whether or not, you know, these are not apples to apples, obviously. But they're just going to look at high-profile media merger, shot down, and I think at least the initial reaction will be for that spread to blow out. I'd like to thank my friend again and colleague for coming on. I got a lot out of that interview. Maybe the two biggest parts of it was he's really in that recut camp. That's something that I really hadn't thought about. And it made me think, well, how, how high should I pay for Time Warner if they do win? Should I pay over bid? Because if he's thinking they're going to recut this and get a huge cash component to this, maybe I should. And then the second thing was his point on no good outcome for AT&T. You know, I like to always differentiate, you know, I'm a trader, I'm not a long-term holder. And to remember that, but the way he puts it, it seems like there's no good outcome for the traders and there's not a very good outcome for the holders. So I think that could be interesting. Where we disagree though is regarding Fox A. Fox A at 41, to me, has very little upside left and a lot of downside in the event that T loses. If T loses and the overwhelming prevailing idea is that Comcast is going to bid anyway and that temporarily holds up the stock of Fox A, that's something I'm going to short and I'm probably going to short heavily. I really do believe that on a loss by T that people will once again bring in the idea of well what is Fox standalone value because we haven't talked about Fox standalone value in a really long time but you have to call into question the idea that if the AT&T Time Warner merger is dead then the Comcast-Fox merger is probably also dead on arrival. And what does it mean for the chances of a Disney-Fox merger? And even if you put those at a 75 or 80% chance, you have to call into question, what is Fox worth if at the end of the day, they wind up alone? That's a wrap for this week's edition of According to Sources for the week of June 10th. I'll be updating these situations and some of my trading ideas on Twitter as the ruling and as the week goes on. Next week, I'm going to look at Pinnacle Foods, and I'm going to do a deeper dive onto the saga that's been ongoing at Athena Health. Trading ideas discussed today are the opinion of Broom Street Capital, and Broom Street Capital is not liable for any losses that may occur from actions taken based on this podcast.
Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.